I'm Janet. I'm Amber. And we are two girls and a bottle of wine. Because men like boobs. And girls like wine. Hi, Amber. Hi. Even after a year of doing this uh, remotely, I still, every time you do the two girls and a bottle of wine, I keep thinking that I forgot to say it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it took us a good eight months to get it down virtually. What's happening? I don't know. Our plane's it sounds falling? like my. I, that's what I'm worried about. What? So it sounded like. Do you have a floor above you? Yeah. Oh, okay. And I think I think Nick just got home. Ah. So I think Piper is just like flying around, but now I'm constantly afraid that a plane is going to fall through my ceiling. Yes. Yeah, so we got to talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> so um, it was on the national news um, in Broomfield, Colorado. <laughs> plane pieces just fell from the sky. And I was, I I had, I forget where I was, but I saw the notification come through and I was like, oh my gosh, that's scary. I was at lunch with Steve. I was like, oh, that's so scary. And then like two hours later, you're like, so did you hear? And I was like, I did. <laughs> oh my gosh, you're in Broomfield. But I don't, I never assume that. You know, oh, you know, like my dad's like, you're in Colorado, it snowed. How much snow did you get? And it snowed in the mountains. So I never assume that just because the town is the town, it's your town. Anyway, so what happened? Tell me your firsthand experience. So Nick and I were at home and I think we were having like, like we weren't arguing, but we were having like this very in-depth conversation. And so like he was standing in the kitchen and I was sitting on the couch and I'm talking very loudly because I'm like making a point and I'm like having this in-depth conversation. And all of a sudden we hear this noise and Nick was like, did you hear that? And I was like, yeah, I was like, he's like, what the fuck was that? And I was like, it's probably just somebody doing construction. Right. Like there's people that just moved into the house next door to us. Like it's probably nothing. So then, like, a little bit later, a couple minutes later, he hears it again. And I didn't hear it the second time. And he's like, dude, seriously, like, what is that? And I was like, fuck, Nick, I don't know. <laughs> and and I'm like, ah, whatever. And so Nick, for some reason, something happened. And we decided to go to the window. Or Nick went to the window. And he was like, oh, my God, Amber, come here, come here, come here. And I look out. And you can just see, like, these little, like, black pieces falling And at first, the way that they were spinning, I actually thought that, like, it was because you just don't think, oh, that's probably a plane falling out of the sky. Right. You start looking at it. And I was like, God, is that birds? I was like, are the birds, like, dive bombing into the into the courtyard across the street? Because we have that huge land. And I was like, oh, my God, what the fuck is that? And I was like, okay, get your shoes. Like, because we're those people. We see something falling outside. Let's go outside and see what it is. Yeah. So (laughs) we get outside and I'm like, oh, my God. I was like, Nick, is that a plane? How close was the plane? Could you see the plane? No. Okay. And it was kind of like cloudy, too. And so all of a sudden, our, our neighbor's catty corner from us, they come outside and she was like, oh, my God, she, did you guys hear that? And we were like, yeah, what was that? And she was like, I think it was a house. Like, I think our a house blew up. And we were right. like, so I'm like, oh, meth house. I don't I don't know. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, like, we're kind of all talking and like stuff is like falling. <laughs> oh, and we're like, huh. 
that's weird. (laughs) And all of a sudden, like we look up and there's this huge piece that's just like twisting. And Nick is like, move, Amber. (laughs) So we like, it's on our little ring cam of us like running to the door, trying to get away from this huge piece of plane that's falling. Um, And so it kind of lands like out in our driveway and then there's like this rubber piece and like all this shit. And um, all of a sudden the neighbor who came out to talk to us, her husband had gone over because he saw something in his, one of his friend's yards that was the block over. And so he comes walking back over and he's like, shit guys, it's a plane. And I was like, I fucking knew it. (laughs) (laughs) And, And I was like, and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh shit, a plane exploded. Right. Like, they were like, yeah, I think a plane exploded. Like, there's a big part of the engine sitting in our friend's yard. Oh, And we no. were like, what? So Nick and I, like, go back in the house. We put our shoes on, like, put on different shoes or something and grab our keys and lock the door. And so I was like, well, and that the cops are now starting. So the cops are coming in. The police are coming, like, the fire trucks. And um, so I, like, grab the piece of the plane and... We're like walking down the street to go give it to the cop. And I see the cop and I was like, hey, hey. And he comes over and he's like, what are you doing? Put it down. I was like, oh, sorry. Right. And he was, I was like, do you want this? And he was like, no, put it down. Go wash your hands. And I was like, oh, sorry. I don't know. <laughs> and um, how rude. Like, you see? I know. He's like, do you have anything else? No. Why would I save everything else and give you this? <laughs> So he's like, no, don't touch anything. Just leave it where it is. Don't touch it. Wash your hands. Got it. So Nick and I (laughs) go and like walk over to the next block. And like you walk down the block and it's just all blocked off by a bunch of fire trucks. And sure enough, sure as shit, there's this huge round piece of the engine. Oh, my gosh. From the plane. And it's just sitting in this guy's neighborhood or in, in his house. Like it fell hit a portion of the front of his house and his truck and is just like chilling in the front yard i think i saw that picture yeah that picture was everywhere Everywhere. (laughs) and i was like oh damn and then like you walk down a little bit further and like a metal piece it looks like a propeller and i know that's not what it is but it, it was like one of the fan pieces of the engine and it's just like laying in the middle of the road and then there's, like, um, an electrical box and, like, all this shit. Like, there's just, like, random shits, like, everywhere. But somehow, it like, all of the stuff that fell, it never injured anybody. Like, it never dropped on a car, even though it was over Sheridan. It mm. never hit anybody at the um, uh, soccer fields and stuff like that. And there was even a house. Something did drop into a house. And, like, you could see the hole in their roof. But nobody was, like, injured or anything. That's amazing. So it was amazing. But, yeah, so then we slowly started to find out that this um, Delta airline flight that was going from DIA um, to Hawaii, its engine blew up. And the uh, there's, like, photos and stuff like that on Twitter of the people that are in the plane. And it's insane. And they just said that it was so loud, but they ended up um, turning back around and rerouting to DIA again and um, dropping on land. So they didn't yeah, drop. Was, they safely they, landed. They safely landed. <laughs> Sorry. But like one of my fears, like all the time, like you hear the loud noises of the plane and you're, I'm always afraid. I'm like, 
one of these days, a fucking plane is going to come like crashing through my house. There's going to be like the nose of the plane and the pilot. There's going to be like a thing, like something's going to happen. And everyone's like, oh, no, Amber. And now here right. we are. Yeah, we have Centennial Airport. Um, that's not too far from us. And so there's always planes that are yeah. pretty low. And then DIA, all the planes are going in or coming out pretty, not super close, but close enough to our house. Yeah. And I have the, the same fear. And this does not help. I'm, I'm so thankful everyone was safe and no one got hurt. All the passengers were fine oh on the God. plane. Can you I imagine know. the phobia that, that was going to have? Thought. I know. I was like, oh, my God. I was like, Nick, if the plane exploded, are there going to be bodies? <laughs> right? Because <laughs> at first, like, we just knew a plane exploded. Right. Like, we knew something happened. So I was like, oh, my God, there's going to be dead bodies. <laughs> but thankfully, uh, there were not. And yes. so the United Airlines, the uh, cops, the firemen, the... Uh, um, FAA, the DIA, uh, continued to traipse through our neighborhood and all the news channels. Um, did you get on TV? For, we did not, um, <laughs> thankfully. But we stayed inside our home. I did get to speak to a nice fireman. Um, Much nicer Piper than the cop. Pissed. Much yeah. nicer than the cop. Why was yeah. Piper pissed? Oh, because they kept coming up to the door. Oh. She's not happy. So we, they like took our information and we had like six people come to our door and be like, do you have anything for the plane for the last time? No, I don't have anything for the plane. And then like on Sunday, some random guy who's dressed in like all black. And of course the masks don't help. Mm -hmm. It's like kind of late at night. It's like dark and my car is parked in the driveway. And all of a sudden there's like this man like lurking around my car He's got like his mask on and he like rang the doorbell and Nick's just hanging out in his man cave. I'm like, can you fucking come up here, please? Um, and he was like from the media crew. But at first I was like, whoa, because the masks don't help. No. Because you're like, I can't even see this person. I couldn't see his media badge. Oh, oh my it was gosh. a trip. You had a weekend. I did. Yeah, <laughs> it was very, ex- it was very, it was a lot of excitement <laughs> happening. Oh, my gosh. My goodness. Glad you're okay. Glad you're okay. Thanks. I have some news that might be exciting. Yes. I spoke to a rescue. Um, I've been working on trying to get this dog for three weeks now. (laughs) Steve went and met the dog. It's at um, a rescue in Colorado Springs and liked the dog. We got the dog put on hold. And the only thing we're waiting for is for him to have his little neuter surgery and microchip surgery. There's a lot of dogs at this rescue. And so the wait for surgery is very long. So once a week, I've been emailing my contact. And I'm like, so how's the dog? (laughs) Any updates? No, I'll let you know. She's very nice because every Friday I email her. Well, then I get an email this week from another lady from the rescue and she's like hey here's the contract read over it let's jump on the phone so i can give have you fill in all the information like the dog details so that when you come to the kennel it'll be very quick for you to take him home and i'm like "Ooh, take him home yay um so <laughs> spoke with her and she's like i think he's on the surgery list this week and as soon as he has surgery you can pick him up that afternoon i was like well i do work monday through friday um <laughs> and i want to pick him up so Saturday and she's like yeah if he has his surgery this week 
Um, you can definitely get him Saturday. So I'm waiting to hear if he's having a surgery. And if so, very exciting. I'm picking up on, on Saturday. I'm so excited. I have all the things. I bought multiple dog beds, toys. I have a, a crate. I, I just ordered a um, playpen <coughs> and a bow tie collar. And I'm just Aww. so excited. And he's a, is he a poodle? He's a Shih Tzu. A Shih Tzu. Oh, I love Shih Tzus. There aren't any poodles or American Eskimos available. <laughs> Steve's like, I really wish we were getting one of those two dogs. I was like, yeah, cool. Uh, this is a purebred Shih Tzu, and he's only a year old. He came from a puppy mill, so there's going to be some training needed, but I'm watching all the YouTube videos, and we're going to be fine. I wasn't ready for another cat, but Steve brought home another cat. So we're very excited. If it's not this weekend, hopefully next weekend, but I'm ready to be a dog mom again. (laughs) So when you brought Piper home, anything I need to know? Any tips? (sighs) I don't know. She was a puppy. Because she was a puppy puppy. She was like eight weeks old and she became Satan at about probably 12 weeks and I hated life for a good two months. So, you know, but everything's good now. She's potty trained. Oh yeah. She's like amazing now. And actually this weekend, um, we will be puppy sitting. So, um, Nick's friend at work is going to be leaving his puppy for the first time. And, um, as adorable as it is that this man is so sad to be leaving his puppy, he needs to sack up a little bit because um, he's having quite the midlife crisis regarding oh this process. Gosh. And like, so he flies out on Friday morning at like 5 a.m. Oh, my. But he can't bring himself to like agree to let us take the dog on Thursday night. He's like, well, but it'll be my first night away from him. Like, I don't get to see him. And we're like... <laughs> I'm like, we can be new new place. (laughs) Right. I'm like, we can be Snapchat buddies, like for this time period. Like, I will send you all the pics, all the videos. There will be plenty of love. You'll be fine. It's going to be three days. You're just (laughs) fine. But I'm very excited. He's super cute. What kind of dog is he? He's a lab. He's a yellow lab. He is absolutely adorable. Um, so excited. His name is Henry and he actually, um, I'll have to send you the link, but, uh, Nick and his, uh, colleagues at Photon Brothers, they actually like created a little profile for him. And so he's like on their, um, website as like the perfect, it's just, it's like the cutest little thing. Like they have him sitting up at like this desk looking like he's working and, um, they talk about uh, they use like dog lingo and stuff, and talk about him as being one of their perfect uh, partners. Oh, it's adorable! I was like, oh my god, this is too cute. Dogs are amazing. I know. Well, that's awesome. You're gonna have to send pics if you. Oh, actually... there will be plenty yes. of pics. Yay! Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. Okay, so let's jump into some of our news stories. You want to? Uh, let's first, I know what you're drinking. Oh, thank you. I'm I believe drinking that you're drinking truly. Truly raspberry tea. 
Oh, I don't know that I've heard of that one yet. They have a whole tea package. And it has lemon, yeah. strawberry, peach, and oh raspberry. Hmm. I'm not a huge tea fan, but... Oh, I like tea a lot. In fact, I just discovered an energy drink, the Bang Energy Drinks. They have a sweet tea oh, version, yeah. and it's amazing. Interesting. What are you drinking? So, I am drinking a can of 14 Hands Winery Hot to Trot. It is one of my favorite uh, red wines. Um, in general, 14 Hands is really good. Um, but it's been a rough couple weeks, so a red wine was was needed. Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Well, cheers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's jump into it. First, fill it on the first. Yes. Almost forgot that. So, <laughs> so it is March 3rd, um, but at the beginning of every month, um, there is a hashtag movement, if you will, uh, to basically feel it on the first which is making sure that you are feeling your breasts and the surrounding areas as well as your armpits um, to feel for any type of lumps that weren't there before or any type of changes that you haven't seen that you don't remember being there. Um, But you're also looking for discoloration, discharge, um, just anything that might feel off. And remember, even if it's just a pea-sized lump, at any point in time, don't take your chance. Go in, see a doctor, always get it checked out. Um, and this is checking to make sure, um, this is for checking for breast cancer. I think I, I kind of skipped over that, but I felt like we, we kind of knew where we were going with it. Um, but yes, so remember to pick a day every single month. Um, and the most popular day being on the first, because if you are on Instagram, if you hash, follow the hashtag, feel it on the first, there will be a million, um, reminders and guides as to how to do that. But make sure you are checking yourself. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Speaking of Instagram, I found this story and it kind of made me think of Nick because he's the big cook in the family most of the time. And there is this woman. I want to give you a little credit. I know you cook. Oh, don't give me any credit. I never cook anymore. (laughs) There is this woman who found her husband's secret Instagram account. And that could be very scandalous. But she um, began a now viral TikTok video. With this phrase, after an Instagram suggested that she follow her husband. Last week, I found my husband had a secret Instagram account, is the phrase. Um, And on this Instagram account, she found photos in the account, um, and she felt felt very touched. Each image in Tom's feed contained photos and recipes of food he'd been cooking for her for the last year to help regulate her hormones. So for a medical reason, he was really focused on trying to cook what would help. And I just thought that was so sweet. I know. That's adorable. And it sounds like, so she was, um, had been diagnosed with uh, polycystic ovary syndrome. And um, like he posts all these things that are talking about, uh, or isn't it called like the meals she eats? Mm Mm-hmm. And um, it's super cute. And he kind of gives you some information and tells you what what the benefits are of the meals. And they look really good. Yes. So cute. So I guess he's been an enthusiastic home cook for the last 11 years. And he started the Instagram account as a way to save a record of the recipes he cooks. Since often he reads through a few different recipes, then combines them, kind of creates his own version. 
so I cool. just I, I just think it's awesome. It is. I love that. Mm-hmm. So cute. So cute. <sighs> Speaking of couples, have you guys yes. ever thought about couples therapy? So Nick and I have very different opinions on this. Uh-huh. Um, I believe that um, couples therapy is good, whether your relationship is on the men's or not. I think it is a great way to kind of come together and be in a place that you can feel safe um, to talk about whatever it is. And sometimes you could just be working in communication or it could just be whatever. And the person sitting on the other end, um, your therapist is not there to give you advice or tell you what you're doing correct or wrong or take anybody's side. It's just about being able to work and grow in that relationship. Anybody who is married knows that marriage is not always easy. Men and don't pay attention to anything. No, not even a little bit. No. It takes some time. It does. And so you don't just like get married and like everything's fine. Happily like ever after doesn't yeah. exist. It's work. And with people changing and all of that, you know, it's so I think it's a really good thing. But Nick is absolutely against it. And he feels that we don't need it at all. And I, I'm not saying that we have a troubled relationship. Right. I just think it's good. I like going to the therapist. I think it's great to have that sounding board. But anyways, as you can tell, I have a soapbox. So let's move on. <laughs> well, I found this article of five things therapists wish you knew before you started couples therapy. So Amber, you want to talk about the first one? Yes, I do. Um, so <laughs> kind of aligns with what you were saying. <laughs> exactly. It is okay to ask for help. So this is basically just what I was saying. Um, Just because you're seeing a therapist, it doesn't mean that you're failing or there's a weakness in your partnership. It's an opportunity to work through issues and ideally build a stronger relationship. Couples don't always agree about whether it's the right choice though. And so the primary obstacle for anyone going into therapy, especially couples, are the feelings of fear and shame. Like, wow, I must really be messed up if I have to see a therapist or this is just so embarrassing. And that's just not how it is. Um, A therapist in Los Angeles, Jamie Shank DeWitt, uh, recommends people approach their partner with a suggestion of couples therapy by using a sentence that starts with the words, I feel, Um, which if we all remember from grade school, I think we've been taught to say, I feel. Um, And it automatically creates a safe atmosphere, whether neither partner will feel defensive, where neither partner will feel defensive or attacked for something that isn't working in the partnership. And next, it's important to ask your partner how they feel about going. Make sure to empathetically listen to their thoughts, feelings, and concerns so they feel a part of the process too. After all, the more you both can enter into couples counseling feeling heard and seeing the better the odds are that you will feel good about starting. Yes. And number two, not every therapist will be the right fit. Making it to the first therapy session, even over Zoom, is a step that should be applauded. However, it's important to talk to your partner after um, about whether the therapist is a right fit for your needs. As a client, you're also interviewing and evaluating the therapist because sometimes it isn't a perfect fit. The important part is to not be discouraged and to try another therapist if you and your partner aren't feeling a connection with your provider after the first session. The first therapy session is really about an introduction. In that way, it's important not to expect to walk out with helpful ideas or interventions. Usually it's just gathering information. Hopefully each person gets to talk. Sometimes one can dominate, but it's important everyone gets a voice. So important. 
So next, make your appointments sacred. Making positive changes requires a long-term commitment and effort. Experts say therapy is most effective when couples keep their weekly regular appointment. No excuses. After you have arranged a day and time for your weekly session, agree that this is a sacred appointment that you will both do everything in your power to keep. Obviously, you will both be understanding when life happens and you have to miss a session. But this appointment should be kept as frequently as possible. And um, the therapist that we mentioned earlier, DeWitt, her tip for sticking with it might sound unthinkable after a tough session, but she advises couples to hug or hold hands. Physical touch creates oxytocin, which is a bonding hormone. A little oxytocin can go a long way to help bring down each of your nervous systems in order to reconnect and make you want to return the following week. Yes, and you're going to have homework. So take your homework assignments seriously. Going to a therapy session is great, but the work doesn't stop when you and your partner leave your weekly session. That's why most therapists will give their clients homework. I've seen couples after a session is over, they don't talk about it, it doesn't accomplish much, but the work continues outside of the therapy session. Homework assignments, whether it's carving out quality time to chat about your day or practicing being a better listener, are where the real growth can happen. The big thing is that couples learn to communicate with each other differently, and that isn't an easy thing to do. We assume we're good listeners. That is oftentimes not the case. Listening skills are something that need to be addressed and relearned. So true, Nick Rodriguez. (laughs) Um, Make time to connect before or after each session. When tough conversations come up, one partner can feel like they're being attacked or that trust has been eroded. Remember that you're going to therapy because you care enough about each other to invest the time and emotional energy to building a better relationship. DeWitt recommends couples treat their weekly appointments just like a date night. It can be challenging when people's lives are already so hectic, but creating time for each other before or after can give you space to reconnect and appreciate all the hard work that you are doing to repair your relationship. Yes. Yeah. Such good advice. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Before we jump into Bachelor Nation, I found this article. I'm very excited about it. Sipping wine with sloths. Uh, Sloths have become quite the um, prized. Are they still popular? I feel like they are. I see stuff for sloths all over the place. So um, it looks like you can sip wine with sloths at Barnhill Preserve in Louisiana. Right. Um, Have you been to Louisiana? I have just once, though. I had to go to a conference out there. Which part? I don't remember. Okay. Cool, cool. I've never been to Louisiana. So tell us about the sloths. I knew you'd love this when I saw it. I know. Um, So Barnhill Preserve is an animal sanctuary over the tiny town of Ethel. um, And it might just be one of the best kept secrets in the state. So September just got leaps and bounds better with this one of a kind event happening at Barnhill. And you are not going to want to miss it. So um, while it is the place of many rare and beautiful creatures that maybe you have never seen, such as like sugar gliders. Have you seen um, a sugar glider in real life? I have never seen a sugar glider. I lived with one for a summer. My um, roommate had two sugar gliders and they were amazing. They're like little tiny chipmunks. Oh, they're adorable. They can like really glide through the air. And one time one got loose 
and it ended up in my bed and I was I didn't know and I was going to sleep and then all of a sudden this little sugar glider was climbing up I'm so glad I didn't freak out um, oh my but god they are so cute I don't know how common they are as pets my my um, roommate at the time she worked at a pet store oh. so she had like water frogs and birds that talked and stuff anyway and you can also have swims with otters and let me tell you the photo of this gentleman swimming with otters is the cutest thing i have ever seen but for the month of september this barnhill preserve is going to be hosting the most incredible event with sloths and um you are going to get to drink wine there's so many photos i'm like trying to get to it um so it looks like dates are um friday september 18th 19th 25th and 26th and um you can purchase tickets um and they show this little sloth just hanging out on a pillow this article was from september 2020 so we'll have to wait and see if it comes back in 2021 i'm sorry amber my bad i bet there's gonna they're going to have it because pandemic's getting better by September 2021. <laughs> Didn't Louisiana open? <laughs> I don't know. I know Texas did. <laughs> but anyway, yes, sorry. Oh, the, all the uh, pictures. We're going to share the link. Oh, they do still have it. Yes. Awesome. And it's only $50. But you got to get to Louisiana. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But you get a chance to <sighs> hold a baby two-toed sloth on a pillow on your lap. Right. While you sip oh, wine. Oh, God. That's amazing. Oh. I'm in. <laughs> All right. You're going to have to report back. Okay. Come on in. All right. That brings us to Bachelor Nation news. Oh, huge, yes. Huge announcement this week. Um, after the final rose is the episode of The Bachelor that airs after The Bachelor or Bachelorette gives their last person the ring or doesn't or whatever happens the the season's over right and we all know what happened with chris harrison well huge announcement on who's going to be hosting after the final rose emmanuel acho who is he i I think he's a sports guy yeah, I'm pretty sure that Nick is um, listening to this and hating us right now for not knowing. <laughs> but you're um, my sports friend. You're supposed to know these things. I know, but we we, re- we really need Ashley because um, <laughs> I don't follow it enough. I found it at the end of this article. Acho is a former Philadelphia Eagles linebacker turned sports huh. analyst and the New York Times best-selling author of Uncomfortable Conversations with a Black Man. Man, named after his successful YouTube series of the same name. After growing up in a predominantly white neighborhood and later embracing his black culture in college and the NFL, Acho said he felt he could serve as a bridge between the black and the white communities. This makes sense now. On the heels of George Floyd's killing in May, Acho began conducting interviews on race issues in America with millions of viewers watching each week. Okay, so it does make more sense now. It was not connected. Yes. Yeah. Because I was like, because originally, yeah, and I had no. Are you okay? They're not part of. Yeah, I'm having some itching issues. So, do we need to take a break? No. Okay. 
I'm fine. Like you're getting like fewer and fewer clothes. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely just took off my tights. <laughs> I still have a dress on. I know. I you're fine. But <laughs> I'm. I had to take my tights off because I'm like. Itchy Maybe it's so the bad. tights. Maybe they're not amber. I know that's. <laughs> so I took them off. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I just look over and you're like stripping and I'm like, uh, no, can't not say something. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So Emmanuel Acho, he is, he's going to host after the final rose. It's going to be so weird. Well, just to have it like not seeing Chris Harrison there. Like just, yeah. I don't mean anything about like him. I mean, I'm very interested to see how it handles. And honestly, I'm betting that they're going to gain more viewers probably more than they've had this entire season um just trying to see what it looks like and um having him hosting it and but for those of us that have been a part of bachelor nation for so long and seen it like it's just it's so weird to know that chris harrison isn't going to be there but you know bachelor the Bachelor franchise needs to make some changes, and I think this is a fantastic, fantastic step in the right direction. I heard that Chris Harrison's going to be on Good Morning America this oh, week. Oh, really? Yeah, I tried to find out when, but I just saw tons of articles saying it was going to be this week with Michael Strahan. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, Mr. Acho, he's cute. He's very cute, and um, I mean, his book sounds like something that might be interesting to read um, mm-hmm. and it'll be interesting to see how he handles this. Right. And then that takes us to our, our next thing. But before we do, I do have to tell you, I watched my very first Hannah Brown YouTube video tonight. She posted it a oh. couple hours ago. She did like a question and answer session with her boyfriend. He wasn't on the video. There were the questions and then his answers to the questions were on pieces of paper. But she's like, I have That's- a boyfriend. And the word love was used. Oh. Yeah. Well, good for her. So I recommend that. I did follow her finally on YouTube. Hmm. All right. All right. I don't ever watch YouTube videos, though. Rachel Lindsay. Do you want to talk about this one? Yeah. So um, if you've listened to our podcast a few times, you will know that I am not a fan of Rachel Lindsay. I have not been a fan of Rachel Lindsay for a very long time. Um, and it's just because I personally feel that sometimes when she interviews people, she can be very aggressive mm-hmm. in her conversation. And I feel like it could be handled differently. But nobody deserves the kind of hate that Rachel Lindsay has been getting. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, in the last week, Rachel Lindsay deleted her Instagram after such horrible harassment from Bachelor Nation regarding the ongoing controversy between her and Chris Harrison. And when she... Um, interviewed Chris that it was so bad that she decided it was time to let go of her Instagram. Um, She was receiving horrible hate mail Mm -hmm. and hateful things. Um, And I'm trying to see uh, somebody said um, that Rachel was not responsible for Chris Harrison. um, And it's not her job to make excuses or provide cover for somebody who doesn't understand what might trigger people in today's world. Um, And so many people came out for love with Rachel, but of course there was a ton of, not of course, but there was a lot of hate that went to her individual direct um, DMs. Mm -hmm. Um, And she just decided it was time. And I just think it's 
absolutely horrible. I think that in this culture that we're living in, I find it, I guess, like, I don't like Rachel Lindsay, so I don't follow her. Right. I don't go to her are, page. There are trolls. I know, but I, like, I just, I still, to this day, whether it's Rachel Lindsay or anybody, even when it was Hannah Brown or whoever, like. Why? Why? Just scroll past it. Maybe you don't go to it. What good are you doing for yourself and that other person? It's just like I tried to tell Nick when it comes to road rage. The other person does not care that you are yelling at them and telling them what to do. Until they do, and then it can be very dangerous. Yeah. Nick. It's just not the way to promote change. Like, if you want somebody to change how they're reacting to something, you have a civil conversation and you try to understand their side and you meet in the middle. You don't attack them and send them death threats. Right. So, yeah. So do you want to jump into the last two weeks of The Bachelor? Let's do it. I can help with the last first two weeks. What? We, we only have yeah, two we'll, weeks to go over. What do you mean? Um, You'll find out when we get there. <laughs> All right. So the week before last were the hometowns. Yes. And we, we were down to the final four. Michelle, Rachel, Bree, and Serena P. Yeah, and you know, it's funny because, not funny, but I like the hometown dates, but at the same time, I have like the least amount of notes when it comes to hometown dates because there just really isn't much to talk about. Yeah, you're correct. I have only two pages. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So we start with Michelle, and Matt was questioned by her students via Zoom. But they were also matching, which I thought was adorable. Yes, yes, that's very true. And they were asking some cute have you kissed? I know. Oh, they were adorable. So but cute. Little Elise, she cut the cake. She was the one who um, read the letter from Michelle um, that Michelle wrote to her about making sure that she concentrated and, like, um, when she was trying to take a test, and it was adorable. Mm. But she asked them a question about, she said, you know, um, that her teacher, Michelle, has inspired her in so many ways. So how will they inspire each other? And I was like, oh, my God, that little girl. She was so cute. She's going to be president. Mm-hmm. And then they, um, Matt meets Michelle's family. Um, mom, father, and as always, the father was hesitant. Matt said if he picked Michelle, he would move to Minnesota, which made me go, crap, he's not going to pick Michelle. And Michelle's who I yeah. want him to pick. Michelle is my favorite of the final four. I but he's not going to move to Minnesota. Uh, no. I was like, not. crap. Flag on the play. Flag on the play. That's a sports reference. I know this. <laughs> That's all I have about Michelle's date. Did I miss anything? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think at the end, she does tell him that she's falling in love with him. And you can tell that she's kind of like super cute, like little giddy about it. Like she's she's almost a little nervous and embarrassed to tell him that she's falling in love with him. Um, But she does tell him that she's falling in love with him. So then we move on to Rachel. Yes. Who she blindfolds him. And drives him out to a plane where she tells him that they're going to go skydiving, mm-hmm. which turns into quite uh, the experience for them. 
Um, as they're coming out of the plane, like you see Matt and he, um, he lands the way that you're supposed to. Now I have not been skydiving, but I have heard how you're supposed to, you kind of go into a sitting position because they're doing tandem skydiving. Right. So, um, you're supposed to go into a sitting position. Well, all of a sudden you see like Rachel and she crashes into the ground. Like they didn't even look like they were attempting to do what they were supposed to do. So I actually found this entire scene highly disturbing, not just because of the fact that Rachel crashes into the earth, but because she doesn't look like she's awake. She looks like she is completely out of it before she even hits the ground. Like she just looks like a rag doll and they don't address it at all. Like there was a very little conversation about what happened. And I actually saw an article where the um, guy that was skydiving with her, um, I think his name might be Adam. He actually like broke his ankle and he's out for the rest of the season for skydiving um, because of this ankle injury. And so like we didn't see any of that. I mean, as much as we normally see a lot of the emergencies and all of that, they were very short on this, like. They show Matt rushing to her, and then all of a sudden she's sitting up and he's pulling hair out of her face. Right. Or grass out of her face. And I'm like, what is happening? It's very odd. Yeah, I agree. Something wasn't right there. And it wasn't wasn't a date that I would think would be a solidifying date for, you know, pick me, fantasy suites. Like, it didn't really show anything about her um you know it should be something that like take your hometown to him and that's not what happened right then we meet her family mom dad and sister um their hesitance turned into acceptance rachel was upset because matt didn't ask for her hand in marriage from her father and matt said he would if she was the one at the end, and he would do it via phone. Yeah. I liked that. Because I all, loved that. so many other bachelors have yep. done it to all four people, and it's so like, ugh. I know. I loved that as well. Um, I even put like a little note in there that basically the same thing you said. The past bachelors have almost always done it, and I love that he didn't. It's just another reason that this season, as controversial as it has been, um, I have enjoyed a lot of different things because of the way that Matt handles things. Yes. And then we go to Brie, where they're off-roading. Yes. Yes. It was much better that they went off-roading in a Jeep this time. Mm Mm-hmm. So that was fun. Okay. And then family. (laughs) We meet the mom and um, a new baby sister and her best friend. Yes, it was so cute that she got to meet her baby sister for the first time. Yes. And so then adorable. After speaking with her mom, she opens up to Matt about how she's falling for him. Yep. Yes. Then and we get then, to Serena. Yeah. Serena P, right? Yes. They. Um, I, she gives him a lesson in Canada, which I thought was very cute. Again, I was adorable. showing, you know... Where she's from. And then we get yep, into Yep, and Matt parents. didn't know what a toboggan was. Did you know what a toboggan was? Yeah. there A toboggan was a boat. There's toboggan races. I don't know what you're talking about. Where? <laughs> oh, <laughs> Like, it's part of, like, the Olympics, I think. 
There's like toboggan races. This is like a thing. I Did you know, grow up because you were so close to Canada? You That's what I was wondering. Very, like, what know. was your experience growing up with toboggans? So I never had an experience of growing up with toboggans, but I remember watching them on TV. I've never watched a toboggan They were race. Olympics. They have a toboggan race. And what do they call a hat? A toque. Toque. Caitlin Bristow taught us that on her stories, I think. Um, yes. And I can never remember the word. Anyway, I thought that was adorable. But then we go to the family portion and everything goes awry. Oof. Yeah, it's the family is asking a lot of questions. There's a lot of doubt. Um, they just don't feel that Serena is really falling for him. They think that she might be a little confused. And then she starts to struggle and she expresses that. You know, she's been having issues and she just can't put her finger on it. And it's her mom, her dad, and her sister. And I think we really, like, when she sits down with her sister, like, her sister's yeah. like, no. Mm-mm. And Serena's like, yeah. really? Oh, you're right. <laughs> it's kind no. of my synopsis. Yep. And then afterwards, so. Matt, Matt sensed this. He's very perceptive. Mm-hmm. He's a great He's guy. He's very perceptive. And, and just, so, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um, so she kind of expresses to Matt as they sit down that she's just going through some things and she has a lot of thinking to do. And so you can tell that Matt is starting to like, he's just very concerned. So you kind of cue it over to uh, Chris Harrison. He walks in and they start talking about the family gatherings. And that's when Matt talks about the red flags. Uh, with Serena and this is one that he's really been excited about with Serena P Mm -hmm. but he decides that after much encouragement from Chris that it is time to go talk with Serena before the ceremony so that way he can understand what she's feeling yes and so he goes to talk to Serena tries to give her some validation to try and help her with her confidence in the situation but she just kind of says, you're not my person. And she pieces, she sends him home. <laughs> yeah, sends him away. She does. <laughs> Which is very opposite. Yep. And I, you know, I also liked the way that Matt handled it. Like, he was extremely upset, you could tell. But he was like, you know what? Like, if this is what you want, then this is what you want. Right. So then the final rose ceremony and everybody gets a rose. You get a rose, you get a rose, and you get a rose. I know. So I would like, if it were Rachel me, Brie, I would have just been like, come up and take a rose. Right. You guys are good. Yeah, let's do a shot. Yeah. Uh, so then that brings us to this week, which is Women Tell All. Yeah, so this is the part where I was like, mm, I'm not going to be able to give you much on this. Oh, see, I have like... <sighs> so, because <laughs> I hate... I know you do. Women Tell All. I know. And, and I remember the last men tell all and I didn't take any notes and I was like, I'm going to do better. And I did. Well, at least one of us did because I bear- I didn't even watch it. Well, let, let me talk you through it and you just add in your amberness. Okay, perfect. So the episode starts with a disclaimer saying that it was previously recorded on February 4th, less than a week before Chris Harrison's interview with Rachel Lindsay because he's very present in the episode. We have 15 women and no audience. Very awkward. Started with a recap of the drama and negativity, which was this season. Yeah. And Chris Harrison starts with the MJ and Jesenia drama. Jesenia says her problem is that MJ never owned up to her bullying. 
of yes. the MJ and Jasenia, whose side were you on? Oh, I was definitely on Jasenia. Agreed. And yeah. MJ insists that she told Matt everything and apologized. I don't remember seeing that. Do you think that actually happened? Yeah. Did she rewatch the season? I mean, I get that we only see what they show us, but right. come on now. And then Mari, Mari spoke up to defend what? MJ and also says that Victoria is a girl's girl, but goes too far. Calling others disgusting is never okay. And she even said, you can't call people slores. But with her accent, it didn't sound like she said slower. It was just, it was adorable. (laughs) Yeah, I I think one of the things that made me not want to watch it was seeing the previews of them, like, them and Victoria. And Victoria's, like, crying, trying to explain that that wasn't what she meant. Right. And then Ryan speaks up, saying that she didn't like to be called a hoe by Victoria. Um, And Victoria doesn't understand how it's a big deal. She asks Ryan if she's just super sensitive. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Sure. And then she says that Victoria, she says that she's had to deal with death threats, memes about her eye that was swollen, memes, memes about her bra straps. Victoria doesn't apologize to Ryan. She wants Ryan to brush it off like she has all of the online bullying. Hmm. She wouldn't be bullied online if she wasn't right. so ratchet on the season. Yeah, like she could have handled herself way better and nothing would have came at her. But she was horrible. So then you see Katie speak up, who was kind of a front runner for Bachelorette. I don't know if that's still the case. I've heard some rumblings that there's been some drama, I've, but I don't know what, what that is. I've heard some rumblings as well where like everybody wanted her and then all of a sudden like... Now, maybe she's not going to be it, but I also have heard that maybe we're not going to have a bachelorette. So we just don't know what's going to happen. But the way that Victoria talks to Katie, and I'm wondering if Victoria had heard the rumblings or there there was something being said. Um, Katie says that she hated hearing Victoria calling her names. And Victoria says that name calling is is unacceptable. Um, Victoria says that she that everyone tried their best. She said she was sorry, but she does kind of shrug it off when she apologizes. But she does apologize. To Ryan, she does not. She says, are you, are you super sensitive? Um, That's ridiculous. And Katie understands that the, the, that the backlash that Victoria and Anna and all of them are experiencing is real. Um, but death threats, body shaming, not cool. Very weird. That's just, I don't know. There's a lot of women that needed to take some accountability for their actions on this season. Well, then the girls start blaming Katie for the toxicity of the episode since Katie brought it to Matt. And Kayla asked Katie why she didn't speak to the ladies before she went to Matt. In that environment, do you think the ladies would have been receptive to being approached by Katie? Because she had tried to be, like, chilling people out. say, she tried to have those conversations. Like, she tried to bring it up. So, I think that's correct to say that they would have rather she come to them. Because every time she came to them, it was a problem. And she came to them before she, I mean, maybe it wasn't direct. But, again, we didn't see everything. Right. But, I mean, she came to them before she went to Matt. If they would have just chilled the F out. But they kept saying that she needed to mind her own business. And then we have Brittany in the hot seat. And she is the one 
that the um, lie was spread about her for being a call girl. Oh, right. And she looked very different on the previews than what she has looked like. Right. And they showed her video coming in. You know, she walked up out of the limo, kissed Matt, super strong, super confident. And then within a day or so, she gets torn down with this lie about her being a call girl. And she said it even affected her when she went home to see her family. She didn't want to face them because she didn't want them to think it was real. And, um, you know, that's what the world knows her as now. And she said that Brittany, uh, that Anna never reached out to Brittany to apologize. And Anna speaks up and says that her actions were unjustified. She apologized. And Brittany doesn't seem to buy it. She's like, why didn't you reach out before now? Um, and Mari I mean, speaks up again. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. I was just going to say, like, I kind of get Brittany's point. But at the same time, I do still appreciate that you have to give Anna a little bit of credit at at least admitting it. I mean, it's better than what both MJ and Victoria have done. Right. Um, so at least she took some accountability for it. Um, I don't know. It's hard. Well, Mari, again, we didn't hear from Mari all season. She's talking a lot in this episode. She speaks up and asks Anna what Anna thought she would gain. Anna says she was insecure, insecure about her relationship with Matt, and she lashed out. Um, Brittany says she doesn't want Anna's life ruined, but wanted to say her piece and just kind of ended it at that. Now, did you watch, watch the missing dates portion? If you didn't watch the episode, you oh, there's so many dates we missed. And they showed really? some of them. There was a whole um, day portion of the day called What's in the Box, where the women had to grab rings in boxes full of cockroaches, fire crickets, and flesh-eating what? worms. Yes. And I didn't get to see this? Yes. I mean, I still have it recorded. I can go back and watch that part. You should fast forward. And then they show the Ben Higgins Day. Before the obstacle course, the girls had to stuff their faces with pancakes and then chug a beer. What? And we didn't see that. Um, there was an episode Ugh. of Hide and Seek where Bree, Rachel, <laughs> and Piper all found Matt and ended up in the hot oh tub God. with him. That sounds fun. There was another episode where they were all chugging raw eggs. Ew. Ew. But yeah, you, you got to go back and at least watch that part. So I have also been seeing photos where they are saying that Heather Martin was there. Yes. So they're, but she, she didn't got talk. like cropped out. Yeah. <laughs> you see her in photos, but uh, you didn't see her in the episode. She didn't say a dang thing. Wow. Yeah. Poor Heather. Good stuff. I bet she feels a little embarrassed. Yeah, she probably should. She was treated horribly, though, by the women. Katie sits in the hot seat, and it it's not really any... There's nothing to talk about. She's, mm. It's kind of fluff. If at that time they thought she was going to be the Bachelorette, it, it was very on par for that. Like, talked about her journey and how she doesn't regret it and all of that. Then we huh. see Abigail. So I did see Abigail's. So She's I did see fave. her... Yes. I did see her um, in the hot seat, and it was so cute. Yes. She's so good. And she's gotten so much love from people, yeah. as she should. Um, Absolutely. And then Piper's in the hot seat, but again, nothing really to say about her. Then we have Serena P., who we just talked about, dumped Matt. Um, they show her journey, and she broke down. She was, like, crying. I was like, oh, no, is she going to 
like regret this, but she ends up standing by her decision and she wishes Matt nothing but the best. Oh, because I do find I did see like a little preview of them asking her something about like, do you think that you might like there could still be a chance with you and Matt or, or something like do you yes. still have feelings for him? And she was like, I care about him, but I wish him the best. And then Matt mm-hmm. arrives with a horrendous beard. Yeah, I've been actually seeing it on Instagram. You. <laughs> what are your thoughts? You know, I don't mind beards, but it just doesn't quite look right on him. No. It just looks very odd. Why? Yeah. Um, And he, again, in Matt James style, he doesn't think anyone is a bad person, even Victoria. He said he knows their hearts. And then he goes, Victoria, I know your heart. And um, Victoria. I don't even think she has one. Well, she speaks up and she starts crying. She was hurt by Matt. And he apologizes to her. What? Oh, that makes me lose a little respect for him. And then we get to talk about the eye-opening during kissing. And Matt just doesn't even, didn't even know that that wasn't something you should do. I mean, I don't, eh. Whatever. It's such a small thing. It is. It is. But when you see it on TV, it's not as small. Yeah, that's true. Um, They did show us that we missed Matt eating hot wings with Tasha and JoJo. I have seen some uh, little clips of that. And then, of course, they had the bloopers with dodging of bugs and such. And I always like the bloopers. They show a preview for next week, and we see crying. We see that Matt's dad arrives, who he doesn't really have a relationship with. So we'll see how that goes. Interesting. And Matt is crying. Hmm. I think it's about his dad. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. In two weeks, St. Patrick's Day, we'll be back here. We will be. Yeah. What are you thinking? What are you... What? You got quiet. Um, <laughs> I don't... Uh, I don't know. I'm just... I'm... Next week is going to be very interesting with whoever it is that he chooses. Um, I am curious if... Uh, he might be choosing Rachel and what that is going to look like and play out as. And After um, the stuff that came out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then I also think, so when I think about March 17th and St. Patty's day, um, that is also a very significant date for where I work. That is the day that we've um, provided or the day before. So March 16th, is the first date that we resulted a coronavirus result because we had our testing up and running on March 15th. And so we resulted on March 16th and March 17th was the last day that we were all out in public before the shutdown. Mm. So the shutdown took place on March 18th. We all celebrated St. Patrick's day or whatever it was that we did on that day. And the following day, everything shut down and our lives have changed forever. So forever, forever. Mm. I'm sorry. I get excited about St. Patrick's Day, but it's kind of a. I know. I know. I mean, it is exciting. Um, it's just it's also just crazy to be a part of the history that we've been a part of, and to think that we have been in this for an entire year. Yeah. Well, before we go, are you watching anything? Are you listening to anything? What's going on? So. 
I, oh, I should have brought it up on my music list. I have been listening to the new Miranda Lambert song with, um, who is the new person that she just did a song with? Um, <laughs> it's a great song. I don't have it. It is a very good song. Ella so King. I would, Ella King. Ella yes. King. I just happened to be looking because I haven't been on iTunes in a while to see like what new music was out. And I know that like Luke Bryan's stuff isn't coming out until April. He has released some of new songs from his album that was supposed to come out last year. And so um, I happened to be going through it and I found the Miranda Lambert song and I downloaded it. And it is honestly one of my favorites. Drunk and I don't want to go home, right? Yeah. It's got a really good rhythm to it, and I think that they mesh really well together. Did you watch so, the video? I like it. Uh, no. You need to do that I never on watch the videos. I love videos. I know. I never go on YouTube. Speaking of Miranda Lambert, since you brought it up and not me, yay. Um, <laughs> tomorrow morning, my cycle bar, one of my favorite cycle bar instructors, is having a Miranda Lambert versus Gwen Stefani ride. Oh, my God. For me. That's going to be great. I'm so excited. 615 is going to be amazing that's awesome yes she reached out today and she's like do you have any specific songs and i'm like no that's like choosing a favorite child so the fact that i'm gonna get to hear more than one miranda lambert song because every once in a while there's been a miranda song um throughout the last two years of my psycho bar journey but um i'm so excited that's fun that'll be good um, I, Steve and I watched a movie on Netflix this weekend called I Care A Lot. Hmm. Have I heard of that? It's an American dark comedy thriller. Um, and I highly recommend it. You feel sad. You laugh. It, oh, it was, it was nominated for Golden Globes. In fact, I think the main actress won Best Actress at the Golden Globes. Oh. And, oh, yeah. um, Peter Dinklage is in it. He yeah. is. The um, what is the politically correct term for someone that's shorter? A small person. Yeah, I think that's it. Um, and he, I think he was from like Game of Thrones or something. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Okay, I didn't watch Game of Thrones, but he's I a didn't fantastic. Either, but I know who you're talking about. Fantastic actor. Like, whoa! This movie, Netflix. I care a lot. Go see it now. I'll okay. think about it. <laughs> Are you listening to any new podcasts or anything? Um, I have been listening to Tom Brown's Body. So this is something that I just happened to find um, while I was scrolling through. Every now and then, every couple months, I'll go and like look for new crime podcasts or whatever. And um, Tom Brown's Body was something that I found. I It's based in can, can, Canada, Canada or... Canadian. It's based in Canadian. Um, I can't, Canadian, I, the, Texas. The name is, it's not yes. Canada. It's a city it's called Canada. Canadian, Texas. Yes. Huh. I'm subscribed. It is about um, a senior in high school that goes missing. And um, the town, there's so many rumors. He goes missing in 2016, I believe. Um, 2016 yeah. or 2017. And it's just a very interesting story. I mean, it's kind of just like a lot of the other podcasts where you're going down the road and you're, you're listening to them interview different people and talk to the law enforcement and doing their searches. And there's a lot of very, um, 
heated discussions between uh, the investigators and the police. And everybody's kind of throwing around blame against everybody else. And the clues that lead to where Tom might possibly be um, are very curious. And so I've been listening to that and um, I I don't hate it. Um, I think it's been pretty good so far. I think I'm on episode like four, four or five. So I've been listening to that pretty religiously. I just downloaded it. Yeah, I don't mention that. Did you know that I just started? Oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No, you go first. Did you know that Unsolved Mysteries started a podcast this year? Oh, I did not know that. I don't like the new version of Unsolved Mysteries, but I wonder how the. I will yeah, try I and download is. one. Hmm. We'll see. Sorry. Back to you. Uh, Nick just made some weird sound like he was going to pass out in the living room. Um, I'm trying to find the name. Um, so I started a new book. Ooh. Um, I have been reading. Oh my god, I can't find it. Um, I think it's One Last Child is what it's called. Um, I literally just started it today. But um, the book that I was reading, um, The Perfect Couple, Mm -hmm. oh, it was so good. Um, It was a psychological thriller. And honestly, like, as you get closer and closer to the end, like, I just couldn't stop listening. Um, It was so good. Um, And so now I've started another um, one called One Last Child. It's a detective book. And um, it is about five missing children that go missing. Mm-hmm. Um, but then apparently all the children except for one are returned. And um, the one child that's not returned is the granddaughter of a homicide detective named uh, Kate Wakelin. And so it's, I've just, I'm only on like the chapter three, but it's got three books in the series. And so it's One Last Child, The Lullaby Man, and The Silent Town. So I just thought I would give that a whirl. But I did find, now I don't know, you might know this, but on Audible, if you return the title, you get your credit back. What? That's got to be new. So last night, I didn't even, like, I didn't read anything. I had two credits that I hadn't used, and I was kind of going through because I needed a new book. And um, I happened to click on some of the ones that I've already read. Like, I don't reread my books, really. And so I clicked on it to look at something and all of a sudden I saw return title and I was like, Oh, huh. And I clicked on it and it was like, you now get one credit back. And I was like, what? So I now have five credits that I can spend because I returned four titles or five titles. No, three titles. I'm I can't talk. I'm going to look into this. Yeah. I, so I was like, books. Oh my God, I wonder if Janet knows about this. No, I've, I've switched to the Libby, my, my library app. Right. And so I was like, there's no way. Like, so I love it. I'm like, oh, sweet. I can just keep reusing these. We'll have to check that out. So, so I started I know. a new book. It's also a psychological thriller. It's called Disclaimer by Renee Knight. I think I've heard of that one. It's about a woman who's haunted by secrets. Um, she found a mysterious novel at her bedside, um, in her bedside table. And... Um, yeah, it's her past catching up to her. Interesting. Oh, bless you. I felt that one coming. Um, and it's very, it switches back and forth between her and the antagonist. That's the one that's coming after you, right? Or the protagonist? I believe so, yes. Okay. 
Um, yeah, so so good. And I just borrowed the one that you said, the perfect couple. So it's really good. Like I, I feel like it kept me engaged all the way from the beginning. But when I got towards the end, like I couldn't stop because I was like, "What is going to happen? What is what is happening?" Oh, that's awesome. <sighs> um, what was I gonna say? I don't know. I lost it. Dang it. Ah, I I don't know. Oh, oh. Um, remember how you went to that live podcast with me, Grace and Mamrie? Yeah. Grace got yeah. engaged. Oh, that's so fun. I was very excited. So Grace Helwig, awesome. congrats. Very cool. Oh, you're just killing those sneezes, bud. Ay, yay, ay. So that was very exciting. Do you you don't listen to their podcast, do you? This might get weird. I do not. Yeah. Got it. Cool. <laughs> do you have a positive poly? I do. Um, so we try to convince ourselves that somehow doing it all is a badge of honor. But for many of us, it is a necessity. And we have to be very careful not to lose ourselves in the process. I don't know about you, but when I, like, I need things to be done and then I find peace. If things aren't done, yeah. I am neurotic biatch. Yeah. Same. But we don't want to lose ourselves. That's that's very good reminder right there. Now, your hair's all out of hand from your sneezing. <laughs> really is. <laughs> um, <laughs> I have one last Cosmo tip since we don't have a wine Oh, book. okay. So I know you you probably have the wine stuff ready, but we'll start that next week. So did you know there are several things that can help you open a jar? Oh, right. Do you ever have that problem? I do. I can't open things. Sometimes. Okay, I I guess I have it more than you. (laughs) And when Steve's gone, I'm like constantly trying to find ways to open it. I think my brain is getting confused because I'm used to like wine so the jar. Cosmo tips talking about a jar is confusing me. Like a queso or a salsa yes. or a jelly or pickles. Yeah? Yeah. Do you open jars yeah. often? No. Oh, I guess I'm a jar lady. But there are some basic <laughs> things in the in your kitchen that can help you. For instance, your basic butter knife. Um, it release pressure within the jar that makes it easier to twist by using the knife's non-serrated side to create a few dents around the outer edge of the lid. When it's good and denty, give her a twist. A sweet. Yeah, a trusty metal spoon. You're going to use this one day and be like, you know what? I thought Janet was crazy. <laughs> a trusty metal spoon. Wedge the tip of the spoon into the crack between the lid and the glass container Wiggling it back and forth, repeat around the perimeter of the jar, adding in some Zumba-esque hip motions, and ideally Mr. 305 theme music. When you hear a pop, that's either your hip showing its age, or you've done it. P.S. If your cutlery is too cheap to assist, use the lip of a bottle opener in the same way. Oh, okay. Also... That's interesting. Yeah. Um... (laughs) Don't fall asleep, Amber. Uh, A heavy wooden (laughs) spoon. Whack the top of the container hard until you hear said magical popping sound. That's the seal breaking. Bonus, it's cheaper than therapy, although it may not provide as much long-lasting of a result. So smack the top of the jar with a big spoon. And then those sexy dishwashing gloves. The ones you're... Oh, um, yes. 
your husband uses to clean your plates, just slip them on and turn the lid right off. I don't have those gloves in my kitchen. Yeah, if my husband is using gloves to wash our dishes, I'm getting a new husband. Right. That's weird. <laughs> Um, I I also find it very helpful to run the the jar under hot water that releases That's what it, I do. or you tap it on the side of your counter until yeah. it releases it. There's lots of other, but I found these to be things I had never heard of, and I was very excited about. Very nice. Except for so I know that you want to wait until the next time. Oh but no, I have you go, girl. You go, girl. Fascinating fact about wine that you never knew. So I technically have thirty fascinating facts, but I will read you just one. So number five: during the early Roman times, it was forbidden for women to drink wine. Wives who were caught by their husbands drinking wine could be killed if caught in the act. Not cool. I'm so glad we weren't alive in Roman times. Right? We would have never survived this last year or at all. Wow. So. These are going to be exciting. I'm excited. Do you want me to start bringing the positive polys since you have the wine facts? You're like, yeah, get some of this off my plate. (laughs) Awesome. Um, I just looked at a piece of paper that my husband has on this counter. And this is what it says, Amber. Can you read it? It says, what is fuck? <laughs> Interesting. I don't, is that like a question for Google? I don't know. He records podcasts down here too. So who knows? Who knows? <laughs> uh, uh, do you have anything else before we go? I do not. Well, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Um, like, share, Rate, subscribe, subscribe, all the things. Share. We'll be back in two weeks on March 17th for, uh, I guess that's the end, right? We'll have known everything yeah. after yep. the final well, we'll rose. Maybe we'll know if there's a bachelorette. Maybe. Maybe. All right. Bye. Bye.